Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I have another very, very special friend for you to get to know. And Erica and I, kind of like one of my past guests, Lindsay, Erica and I have known each other. Erica, how long have we known each other? Since Sunday school? I know, which is like... The single digits? Yeah, like Lindsay and I grew up in like playgroup together, but you and I for sure, we have known each other for decades, which is aging us, which, you know, we're young mamas, okay? But still, um, I am so excited you're here because you have been a huge part of my life. You've been a huge part of my healing journey. And I have looked up to you in a way. And I think that you and I have this mutual respect for one another where we have just been such a strong team in this. I think because we've grown up together and because we've both come from a very, very similar background and stepping into the world of supporting our families through the world of social media, but doing it in like such a holistic and and healthy and natural and uh, not pushy or on it. We want to do it in an honest way, you know? And I am so excited for all of you to meet Erica Nolan, who is a holistic health and homestead coach. And Erica has worked with me and I have worked with Erica and I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her and her story. So Erica, welcome. And thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Brooke. I honestly wasn't expecting like tears to form at the very beginning of this conversation. It's just such an honor. I think, you know, the journey that we've been on has been such a real emotional uh, journey that, you know, tapping into that and recognizing all the work along the way is just a really, really beautiful place. And I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to be here. Well, thank you for being here. I think that you and I have had something within one another where, and Kelly and I, who did a podcast recently, we were talking about this of, you know, finding wonderful females who are also in the space and are willing to support each other, not for anything other than their, you know, their own gain or you and I naturally have that. And we are such each other's cheerleaders and we've literally done this as a team in some aspects to be able to lean on each other at different times, even if we haven't talked for, and now we talk every day, but if we haven't talked for, you know, a few weeks at a time, like you have always known you can reach out to me and 
I have always reached out to you and I would love for you to let everyone get to know you and know who you are. You know, I know, and I've watched your path from single digits, as you just said, but I would love for you to share a bit, a little bit about who is Erica and who is Erica before the Erica that I see before me today? Like, who were you before this Erica? How did things start and where did things go? I was a very typical American child. I ate all the junk food. I loved candy. I loved video games. I loved Barbie, you know, like very typical child, um, born and raised in New Orleans. And I, through high school and college, felt like I was always a really happy person. Like that mm-hmm. always felt like a huge part of my personality. And I felt like that light of happiness is kind of what guided me through so much confusion because there was mm-hmm. so much about my childhood that, albeit normal, was mm-hmm. not really normal. Like if you take a look at all of human history and our ancestors, you know, the way that we are raised and what we eat is very abnormal. Yeah. And what we're exposed to socially is very abnormal. And so even though I, I was always in this kind of matrix reality and confused by that naturally, I always had this like bright energy and joy within me. And I think that's because I was given a lot of love as a kid. Mm. Even though my parents were divorced, I had my grandparents and from all sides, I was given a lot of love. And I held on to that significantly. Um, I went to college and got my bachelor in psychology from Arizona State University. And after that, I just felt like I needed to do something wild. I, growing up, did not have much nature around me. I just had like a standard backyard and I felt like I needed something really wild. So I chose to spend six months in the Amazon in Ecuador. And that really changed my path significantly from just like going along with this program that I had been set up with to living in the jungle, walking barefoot with the living in a cabin with no walls and snakes and tarantulas literally cohabitating with me. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. (laughs) Um, It was like this full immersion, wild experience. There was um, an edible garden there, composting, um, preservation techniques. But more than anything, Brooke, I think that was this life-changing moment where I realized like, oh my God, I'm like starving for nature. I feel like I really need all of this nature in my life. And I had no idea how to incorporate that in my life. Mm -hmm. And after that, I went on this journey in my 20s that I feel like most 20-year-olds do of like trying all these different things. I did PR and marketing for Neiman Marcus. I did child education. I pursued a music career in New York City, published a poetry book, like just like all these things. And I realized when I was in New York City pursuing music hardcore that the fire was not within me to do it. I saw all these singers around me with like the fire and I love to sing and I love music, but I I just didn't have that fire. 
And at that time, I found out that my best friend and mother had a brain tumor mm -hmm. and needed to have brain surgery. And this was catastrophic. It was all at the same time where I realized, like, I'm not a New York City person. <laughs> I was born and raised in the South, not a city girl. And singing is not for me. So I moved back home. And at that point, I just felt like I needed something simpler. And I had this vision of maybe living like a real simple life in the countryside and growing my own food and having like a bed and breakfast, just this oh, romanticized, like simple life. You know, it sounds yeah. so lovely. Um, meanwhile, my mom gets her brain surgery. And so all now this experience of my mom and the medical system and me realizing what really lit me up was all happening at the same time. And I had decided that if I wanted to learn how, if I wanted this dream, I needed to take some step. And so perhaps that step would be to learn how to grow food. So I went back to school to get my certification in horticultural studies. And I was obsessed, like going from being a C student in high school and college to like A++++, like couldn't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. I was just obsessed. Clearly, this is what lit me up. And also, meanwhile, six months after my mom's brain surgery, we found out that she had breast cancer and things really started shifting at this point because when she got out of the breast cancer surgery and I saw the first meal that the doctors gave her, mm -hmm. green bean mush, a Sprite, <laughs> you know, like high fructose corn syrup. I didn't really know anything about health at that point, but I knew Sprite was not right <laughs> mm -hmm. after surgery. And when I saw that, I'm like, this is not about health. Yeah. And so there was like this spiritual need for me to tap into nature, but also recognizing that our medical system and our food system is messed up. Mm -hmm. It's not right. And so this just exponentially propelled me into figuring out how to grow food. I got my license in landscape horticulture. I used my 50 square feet of space in mid city in the back of a shotgun to grow as much as I could and have like a chicken coop and grew in pallets and started selling like these tiny boxes of herbs, dried herbs for $5, like way in the negative, working three jobs, garden center, Uber driving and at a restaurant. But I was obsessed with this plant world. I was so obsessed. And then I started a landscaping company that was organic and edible focused. And after eight years, we had over a hundred plus clients, mm -hmm. um, both edible, ornamental, residential, commercial. And so not only was I just, you know, a typical gardener or homesteader learning from their own experience, but I had gone through like the advanced education and now I was learning like in a hundred plus people's gardens, yeah. like hyperspeed learning horticulture, mm -hmm. <laughs> all because of health from the very get go with what I saw with my mom. And it mm -hmm. didn't get easier with my mom. You know, like those are big time surgeries and there's big time complications as a result. And so it's still a healing process. Mm -hmm. 
And so now as I am running the successful organic landscaping company and I'm seeing what's going on with health, I'm diving more into my own health. I'm becoming obsessed with that. I'm reading book after book after book. And then of course the pandemic hit, which was a huge shift for so many people, especially mm -hmm. as it related to health yeah, um, and food security. So it was like all of this that I experienced for eight years had propelled me into this place of like preparedness and readiness to be able to manage a really difficult time in our history. Mm -hmm. And around that time, I had decided to switch my landscaping company to consulting yep. largely because of your influence. Mm. Um, well, I should just say it straight out. You a hundred percent you, <laughs> that was you. And then I started consulting with people all over the world from, um, Australia to Egypt, most clients in all 50 States. And I continued doing that for three years and got to a point where financially I was able to take care of my family and move us to the mountains and move mm -hmm. us to our dream that I had 10 years ago of a really simple life, just growing my own food mm -hmm. and now coaching people all over the world. And so that was my path that got me here. And then mm -hmm. of course, months ago when you had received your Hashimoto's diagnosis mm -hmm. and you told me, Erica, tell me all the things, like, what do I need to know? And I started telling you all the things. So you were like, Erica, all right, this is not enough. You're going to step into this role now as my health coach and you're going to step into this. And I was, I cried. I mean, I was like completely in tears because I never expected that that would even be a part of my journey. But in the end, like that's what all of it's about. It's it is. all about health because that's that is the number one thing that we have if we don't mm -hmm. have anything else. And without that, we can't really obtain anything else. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. <laughs> and so here you are. I mean, it's Erica did not really do her story justice. When I say that, like Erica was in the forefront of landscape design in New Orleans, like Erica, you blew up so fast. Like, do you remember when I saw you at Trader Joe's like years ago? And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. And you were like, I started this business. Now I'm doing, it was either like Tulane or you went out, like you were doing the rooftop and like yes. you were everywhere. Like you blew up and everything you do, Erica, has turned to gold like and it's because of you it, it's it's naturally because of you your social media presence blew up on its own because of you and all the things that you were sharing and it was absolutely a natural progression for you to move into supporting others with homesteading but doing it in a capacity where at that point you know you were I remember our conversation, you were running all around, you were ready to sell like the van, you know, from the landscaping business. And you were like, I want to keep going. But at some point when we become, you know, you were a mom at that point and married at that point and your homestead was beautiful in New Orleans and you were ready to be able to 
support others, but more remotely rather than going from house to house to house and being on the grounds. And you had so much more to give, but you wanted to do it in a different capacity and in a different way. And watching your journey, be able to move to the country and be able to build the life of your dreams has been so awesome to just watch. And I've always looked at you as one step ahead in terms of your knowledge, especially in the holistic health realm, of course, still in the gardening and, and homesteading. Like there, like we could talk all day about how I can't keep a freaking plant alive. I'll send Erica pictures all the time. I'm like, what bug is this? What? And she'll be like, well, you need this and this. And I'm like, I don't like, like no, no. I think it's as if I think Erica, you're going to jump through the phone and magically appear and just do it for me. When I ask you like that tree in my bedroom that you're like, you need to cut. Yep. Still haven't cut that sucker. It's <laughs> hanging out there dead. And like, it's, yeah, it's kind of sad. I know I haven't brought it out for some sun. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a shame, but I do know my lane. <laughs> it's definitely not holistic gardening and, and homesteading. I would like to have chickens. I would like to do all this, but I'm not quite sure that I could keep everything alive. And so that's what prevents me from doing it. But you really have been one who has dug up the knowledge and pushed to find the answers and not been okay or just like, sure, like a Sprite and some like nasty ass green beans on the plate. Like that's totally fine. You've been a disruptor in terms of wanting to learn the information and diving deep, not just reading what you, you know, like reading multiple books so that you can make an informed executive decision for what's best for you and your life and your, your family. And I'm sure supporting your mom. And I think the coolest thing was I knew deep down holistic health was where you were for sure heading because every time you would post things about your tea or what you were cooking or all the vitamins, it seemed so overwhelming if it was just in a story, but I was like, people want to know these things. Like people want to know, you know, there's, let's say for instance, there's so many vitamin brands out there. There's so many tea brands out there, but not all vitamins are created equal. Not all tea brands are created equal and not all oils are created equal. Not all the stories we've been taught, you know, based on oils are created equal. And you have really disrupted that thought process of, no, I am going to make the best informed decision for me and what's best and right for my health. And it wasn't just me saying, you need, you need to help all of us and teach us all this who want to learn. It was our doctor as well, Dr. Keneally, who is so incredibly well-respected. And she as well gave you the green light of like, Erica, spread your knowledge. Like you have it in you and you know what you're talking about. And, you know, she's only one person. Dr. Rowe on her team is only one person. You're only one person. I'm only one person. And we can only do so much to help. And so client after client, not only do you still support others with homesteading and you have gardening packages. I mean, like you have on-demand courses, you have all of that stuff to continue helping others build the garden of their dreams or homestead, even if you have an apartment, right? Or, but you're also added on this holistic health piece, which took off like fire. I basically was like, Erica, like I'm, I'm guys, let's get, get real here. This was the story. So I called Erica and I, I actually, we did a zoom meeting and I was like, 
I'm going to pay you and you're going to be my coach. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. It's no, I would, I was planning on board. I was on board anyway. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had to convince someone to like, (laughs) to like take my money because you're just so caring. And when you give, you give 1000% and you have given to me 1000%. And I know you give to each one of your clients, no matter what's going on with them, 10,000% with the research and the knowledge. And like, if you don't know it, you're going to read a book on it. So you can make sure to support us in the correct way and dive deeper. And it's, I've, like I said, in the beginning, I've always looked up to you because I always knew you were one step ahead. And like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm trailing behind her. Like I'm getting there slowly. Like, Oh, I, I don't eat gluten anymore. Oh, but don't like, don't do this anymore. Like, Oh, okay. I don't have sense in the house anymore. And like, I always felt like I was like, I have so much to learn from Erica because you have taken a very similar life of what you and I grew up with. And you know, you mentioned like you grew up very, very typical, like with Barbies and this and that. But as you were saying that I wanted to pipe in there and be like, not to mention alcohol and like we in like Mardi Gras and jazz fest and, and beignets. And, and when you go to new Orleans, like, yes, it's called fat city. I'm not calling everyone fat there, but like it, it that's a part of new Orleans FYI. Um, but it's everything's cooked in like huge amounts of butter. And it's, it's not just cooked. It's like cooked till it's dead. And it's like hanging on a plate. It's like, it's just, you know, we grew up so similarly, but what has always drawn me to you is the fact that you unapologetically chose to find a new path for you. One that felt right for you, no matter what anyone thought of you, no matter what, lurking eyes were judging or, you know, like our life growing up is vastly different from the life that you have now. And I've asked you this question often and I do every now and then, but I think it's important for our listeners to hear, because I do think that so many are leading a life where they're doing what the status quo is telling them or they're doing what society has led them to continue on or their family beliefs or their traditions or societal norms. Like what do you feel has it been for you that has led you to feel the confidence and strength and resiliency to go after the life that you you want because it doesn't even have to be the life in the mountains and you know having a huge homestead with chickens and goats and like all the things like you do now but there are so many out there who are leading a life not in alignment with what will truly make them happy and it's so effing scary to go after the dream so i would love for you to share like a little bit about what either drove you or what gave you the confidence to do it or what was inside of you to unapologetically go after that 10-year dream? Well, I knew from the very get-go that I was absolutely in love with plants. I mean, so in love, like was obsessed going to the garden centers, was obsessed learning. And so I knew that I was, I knew that I had found that fire, which I had identified was not there. Right. And then I also knew that I had a really good work ethic. And so it didn't matter how new I was 
I could take on these really big landscaping jobs and do all the work myself. One of my first largest jobs was a 3,000 gallon pond that I hand dug with a <sighs> shovel. <laughs> that is and that shit. That's like the craziest thing. I tried to dig, Erica, for one of our quote COVID projects. I dug a tree, I dug a hole in the backyard. I was like, come on, boys, let's do it. That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, like out in the rain. And I was like, this is a memorial tree for my grandmother. And like, like I had to, I started it, so I had to finish it, but like, holy, okay. It was impressed. so intense. And that property was, had so much poison ivy on it. So I was like, oh my gosh, mess. But the thing is, and like that job obviously took me way longer than I expected. I had no idea how to budget for a job like that. But I yeah. did it and I knew that no matter what, I had the work ethic to back it up and just say, you know what, if I make the, this mistake, I'll compensate here. And so that was my mindset in getting into other people's gardens was if there's something that I don't know, I'm going to figure it out. Like you do mm -hmm. not have to worry about that. And I'm going to pay attention to every single detail. So mm -hmm. that right there was all that I needed. Yeah to confidently find my place in the professional world of horticulture. There was another really big change and it happened right around the pandemic, right, right before when George Floyd happened, because I had questions, you know, like I had start, I'd never really paid attention to politics or the news. And when that happened, I just had questions. Sure you know, like based on like what I had learned about all of the variables and I had questions. And at that time I lost pretty much all of my friends, like 99% mm. of my friends because I was asking questions. Like I had no mm. definitive answers. And I think it actually all started because I didn't post a blackout square on my Instagram. So that's when I got like, everything like from people on social media and through friends and so where on social media i only talked about gardening that was a period where everybody was like whoa like you're not standing with this and i'm like well i just have freaking questions and so that was another huge point in my uh, confidence journey because at that point i was like well i've lost all my friends I have nothing else to lose. I'm going to be completely honest about how I feel about the world. Sure. And when I did, when I started sharing that, that's when my social media blew up. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started finding more alignment and community and people that really pushed me further in this like solidarity with myself mm -hmm. and feeling so strong and grounded with who I am and who I was stepping into being. Mm -hmm. So you know, I think those two variables is what really created the confidence in stepping into this. Mm -hmm. I think though, Erica, what do you feel? Okay. So basically starting over, right? Like I literally wrote that note down, like starting over as you, you're losing your friends. Like you're, you're not saying I don't agree with that. You're just saying I have questions that's it, right? And for anything that's going on in the world, I do believe that we have the right to have questions. It's just, you know, it's okay, right? But 
starting over is the main theme that I hear for you in terms of moving from one journey of your life into the next. And, you know, I definitely lost friends through Jonathan's passing and there was such a grief with losing those friends. And it sometimes made me doubt, like, or I would question as I would process those griefs of like, is this me? Is this something I did? Or, you know, and then of course I'd circle back around to be like, nope, like those relationships may not align anymore because maybe I have grown or maybe I have grown out of those friendships and that's okay. But it still doesn't mean that there isn't pain or processing through shifting, right? And I, I still, I still want to know, like, what was that for you in terms of this is hard. Like I am stepping out of my comfort zone or I am going against the grain here. And like, did it feel uncomfortable for you at all? Or was it just the love of, of your passion? It just was like, this is so much bigger, my love for this, that it didn't even phase you in that way of, of grief and, and, releasing an old life or releasing the life maybe you thought one day, I don't know, when you were a little girl, let's say, when you were playing with Barbies, you would have like, how was all of that for you? Very painful. Very extremely excruciating painful. I mean, I think at the time with the pandemic, I think it was, I got to a place of anger pretty quickly. You know, like there was there was only so much sadness and then it was really angry. And then it was like, but you know, you have to realize that like with social media as this outlet, I was sharing how I really felt about the world and sharing my questions. And so, so many people started being like, yes, this is exactly how I feel. Thank you for sharing this. So I was getting a lot of validation, but just because I was getting all that validation, didn't take like the feeling of loss away. And that just took honestly time. Like it took mm -hmm. just a lot of time to get past it and realize that the, this is a shift in realities and I'm heading in this other direction. And also thinking about, um, you know, still processing to this day, what the life that I had as a child, you know, like from being born in a hospital, which I, when I probably wasn't even conscious to my childhood, which I always reflected on and thought was really happy, mm -hmm. but recognizing now as a parent and what I can do now as a parent and what I can do with food, um, you know, there's still processing of like loss with that. And I honestly don't know if that will ever go away. You know, mm -hmm. I think that each generation is truly healing the generational trauma prior. Mm -hmm. And so in the very least, if I can just give all the lessons and in a way it forgives like everyone in my past and all of my, my, my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, like it forgives all of the things that they may not have known. Yeah. By not questioning things mm -hmm. and just going along with a program of food and medicine and 
you know, child rearing. And so taking all of that and just using my life as like the next milestone for my children is all that I could ask for. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel at peace with it all, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really, I appreciate you sharing that because for me, it definitely wasn't an easy road either. And those are moments where I have leaned in on you and been like, because I have felt like, Oh, Erica's one step ahead. Like she has moved through all this. And like, there's times where I feel myself saying, Nope, I think this is what I want for my life. But gosh, that is so different from the programming of what my brain thought it would be. And I mean, if you had told me I'd be a 38 year old widowed podcasting, like social media going like nerd, you know, neuroscience nerd, like I would have laughed in your face, like that I'd be helping parents rather and, and all humans rather than just simply children. And like, there has been so much that I've had to release along the way in order to find what truly feels best and right for me. And it is like, it does come with pain and it does come with grief and its own kind of grief, not just when you lose a spouse grief, like there is grief in loss of friendships. There is grief in loss of maybe even having the, and even if they don't say it out loud, like the expectation of our parents being like, you know, like, but I still, like, I still, I still did it. I still looked at fear in the face and I was like, this is what's best and right for me. This is where I feel called. And I have such passion and so do you for the work that we do. And we are living very slowly. We continue to move towards our most aligned selves in terms of how we want to live our lives. To kind of some of the conversations that some of us are either A, uncomfortable to have or feel heavy or feel like the darker side of things or, you know, the uncomfortable, but most importantly for sharing your story of how you have found a way to make your life your own and unapologetically do that and what's best and right for you. And I love you so much. And I can't thank you enough for personally all that you've done for me and being such a huge supporter for me and loving me. And I'm your biggest cheerleader as well. And thank you so much for doing this today. I love you so much. I think the world of you, I think it's funny because when you say, you know, like you feel like you're a step behind, like I see you as like right there, if not like a step ahead as well. Like it's, this is the beauty of our individual paths and, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so inspired by you. And I am just so excited to see what's to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And you'll be back for sure. (laughs) And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.